complicated. Today I bring you Venus, thou art no distant planet. High in the toxic atmosphere of the planet Venus, astronomers on Earth have discovered the signs of what might be life. Astronomers find potential signs of alien life on inhospitable Venus. Scientists say source of phosphine found in its atmosphere is very likely to be something alive. For decades, scientists have sought signs of life elsewhere, usually peering outward to Mars. I wonder how those of the scientific community who were squinting and frowning anxiously peering for signs of life on the red-faced Mars now feel. Did your mama tell you that red-facedness is a sure giveaway of someone lying, trying to give a false impression? Everyone was busy peering at Mars while the cool and composed Venus, the diva, just quietly shone on far more brightly than Mars. Come to think of it, it's no surprise. Sparkling Venus has always been far brighter than the red-faced Mars in numerous ways. Unknown to Earthians, Venetians have already invaded and pervaded their planet. You think the title Men Are From Mars and Women From Venus is something thought of by John Gray? Nah, actually it was found engraved on the floor of an ancient Mayan cave when Indiana Jones came upon it suddenly while retrieving his whip at the last second before a heavy descending wall cut off that mysterious cave from the eyes of probing Earthians forever. If you're itching to correct me by pointing out that it isn't Earthians but Earthlings, I would have you know that just because we worship the shivling, it doesn't mean you suffix link to every other word in need of a suffix. Fledgling, earthling, cunning, oh forget it, you won't understand. Suffice to say that if creatures, living or not living, on Mars are Martians, and those on Venus, blind or not, are Venetians, we should be calling ourselves Earthians. I am a person of science and nomenclature is an important part of science as are the test tube and the Bunsen burner. Signs of Venetians being amongst us have been erupting here and there but men and women of science, arts or uh, agriculture have chosen to uproot and chuck them like weeds instead of examining them closely. So this story has to start from the very beginning. Once upon a time, there lived a king. No, 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 no. Before that, once upon a time, there was a huge mountain which, no, 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 earlier than that. Once upon a time, dinosaurs roamed the earth? Yes, that one. You may wonder what dinos have to do with Venus. Plenty, as you're about to find out. Important stuff too. And this classified information is being disclosed for the first time ever. Who is my source? Well, I can't divulge that to you. I've already signed a multi-million dollar deal with Obama's Higher Ground Productions for a documentary on it. 
after living on earth for about 165 million years, how many zeros is that? Oh, forget it. Obama will figure it out. Dinosaurs suddenly became extinct about 65 million years ago. There are numerous theories about why the dinosaurs became extinct. One of them being that a huge asteroid hit the earth, forming a massive crater. No one knows why or how or where it came from. Well, today, I'm going to share with you, confidentially of course, how the events unfolded. Mars and Venus were already inhabited by creatures who were at various levels of being alive. There were some who were completely alive, some who were live, some who were I've, some I, and some just were. Venus was the more advanced of the two planets. They not only had their own fleet of highly evolved intergalactic spaceships, but also more than 70% of their population was fully alive, which was something the Martians were not too happy about. And their three-eyed translucent heads would start glowing red because of the intense heat they would generate, feeling envious of Venetians. In time, as their population kept growing, their whole planet started reflecting this redness. The growing number of Martians got them worried and caused them to start thinking of ways to ease the situation. This was a slow process as the Martians had to first cool down their red-hot brains enough to start thinking. To their credit, Martians were actually the first ones to start looking around for another planet to inhabit. And the planet which had started cooling down and appearing a strange new color which we know to be blue, but the Martians had no clue, as they were at the red end of the spectrum. And also because they didn't have access to the Blue Planet series, which have been around since, um, since time immemorial. <laughs> Don't be so surprised. It's not just Sir David. The series itself is ancient. Every once in a while, the creatures from across galaxies gathered at the restaurant at the end of the universe for something which we now know to be the long, dark tea time of the soul. Minus the tea and the soul and um, um, with time in a very different kind of dimension. Uh, but more on that in my documentary. The Martians downed some tall, chill drinks, which was their version of the Long Island iced teas and were known as... Uh, uh, but more on that in my documentary. And guffawed in a Martian way spilling their drinks as well as the beans about their plans about Earth, which was then known as Gru. Now the Venetians present there silently absorbed what was being said and stood up to leave. Well, so long and thanks for all the Tish, they said to the multi-limbed owner of the restaurant. Tish was a local delicacy, a local meaning one that was found only in that universe which the owner extracted by digging the surface of the star on which the restaurant was. Its availability depended on the owner's ability to dig that day. Some days he dug more and some days he dug less. 
Anyway, the Venetians quickly returned to their planet and focused their attention on beating the Martians in reaching Gru. They could actually have left right away. But they were very particular about first impressions. So their top priority was to get their hair and nails done. Even if they were going to land on a planet which was only inhabited by dinosaurs, the size of whose brains was inversely proportional to the size of their bodies. I don't think the dinos would have minded at all if any Venetian's hair was a tad disheveled or the length of their nails or color of the nail polish not quite right for invading a planet or the whiplash-like tongue not rolled up uniformly. But this Venetian vanity cost the Venetians. It cost them a planet which they could have had all to themselves. All you Venetians out there listening in, just think about it. Another planet all to yourselves. Uh-huh. I know who you are. We have a whole list of... Shh. More on that in my documentary. Because in the time, uh, or the equivalent of what we call time, it took the Venetians nail paint to dry and the hairspray, or the equivalent of it, to settle... The effect of the Martians' drinks wore off and they made a desperate attempt to gather the spilt beans, some of which had rolled off under the bar counter and were difficult to retrieve. With muddy noses, or the equivalent of them, they dashed back to their planet redder than ever at having spilled the beans in a public place. They knew their space program was far less advanced than the Venetians, so an EGMM, Extraordinary General Meeting of the Martians, was hurriedly organized where a smart young Martian who had recently graduated from MIT, Martian Institute of Technology, it has a branch somewhere on Earth too, came up with a brilliant idea. According to his calculations, an asteroid coming from the direction of Glakrupshan was due to pass very close to Mars any instant. And according to his calculations, if a big number of Martians were to hurl themselves on a specific side of it, they could change its course and make it land on Gru. There was no time to lose. All the Martians who were absconding from work, play and higher studies were quickly rounded up, tied together like sticks of dynamite and hurled at a particular velocity and direction in the path of the oncoming asteroid. The launch was successful and a sizable number of Martians were well on their way to inhabit Gru, thus easing the population pressure on their own planet. The MITian was feted and given a sizable discount at the restaurant at the end of the universe at the next get-together there. But unknown to the revelers and celebrators, the celebs on the way to Gru got their celebrums damaged with the impact on landing there. They lay there dazed and limp, with their eyes, their three eyes glazed over, and a loud ringing where their tympanic membranes should have been. The Gruyan impact of that was far more catastrophic as the sole inhabitants of the planet, the dinosaurs, had gathered in that exact spot for a mass mating and eating ritual. The rules were simple and could be heard as a collective dinosauric chant as the ritual continued over several dinosauric days. You mate and then you eat your mate or you eat your mate and then mate with someone you don't eat. You mate and then you eat your mate or you eat your mate and then mate with someone you don't eat. 
you mate and then you eat your mate or you eat your mate and then mate with someone you don't eat okay music was not the dinosaurs um, strong point the poor creatures were caught completely unawares with their pants down uh, figuratively speaking and their mouths stuffed with oh, let's not go there imagination boggles imagine their collective gasp nay shrill cry nay loudest of wails of horror when the asteroid landed in their midst crushing the largest and the most stony scaled of them into smithereens an eerie silence prevailed over every atom of the shocked planet and there the venetians found them when they arrived in their swank shimmery translucent spacecraft which glided to grew and landed with an almost imperceptible hush instead of a thud without even disturbing the butterfly sitting on a flower nearby uh, no 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 wait there were no butterflies then uh, no flowers i'm uh, sorry sorry this is from a later cable oh oops i leaked oh. <coughs> Uh, okay anyway so a dramatic track started playing as the spacecraft started glowing golden and then with a drum roll the collapsing doors collapsed and moved away from each other gently and the venetians emerged in a cloud of perfume laughing chatting and skipping light as a feather to take their first dainty steps on the planet grew one dainty step for them one giant leap for mankind find out what happened next in the next episode